aggressive. Um, we're trying to stop the first down right there, and and that's what Nate's trying to do. So he sits down on that route because that's where the stick starts. Um, I mean, every position is important on the field, you know, and and you know. So I, I don't, and I, and I just haven't spent resources on it. I mean, you know, you mentioned some of those guys we've had. We pay free agent money to guys like Nigel. Um, you know, this year we put some draft picks uh, in there. Um, you know, it, we have the guys that we have. We're going to work hard to uh, put those guys in good position. But I, I, I don't think from anyone's standpoint it's not a priority for us. I'm confident in the guys we have, um, getting the young guys up to speed. Um, you know, I think our emphasis on 11 guys playing better, not any one position. We'll work them in when it makes sense um, to the 11 guys on defense. Um, we're in the we're in the in the business of trying to do whatever we can to win games and 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 doing what we think is best to win games. And uh, when it's time for those guys, uh, we think it's best for us to win games. With Hello, everybody. This is all about the birds, episode forty-eight. We are live on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube. Just make sure you smash those like, share, retweets. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, you know, Johnny Uleka with Phil Stifel. We are waiting for uh, Jeff Warner. He will be joining us. We have activated him off of the injured reserve, so he will be with us. Um, we're going to talk a lot today. going to break down the Ravens and the Eagles. We're going to talk about the pressers from Doug and Jim. And uh, good evening, Adam. And we're just going to dive into it. And my big thing is the first thing I want to bring up is talking about what Jim said about how they put resources into the linebacker position. That's got to be – that's the funniest thing because if you look at the amount of money they pay the linebackers compared to the rest of the league, they're 32nd. I think it's like $3.2 or $3.6 million. 32nd in the league. It's 32nd in the league in money spent, and, and it shows. And Our linebacking core is awful. I had a boatload of stats written down. Left them all at the pizza shop today. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, it shows. Um, Nathan Geary, who is your starting middle linebacker, he played 100% of the snaps last week. He is 23 for 23 is what quarterbacks are throwing at him. 154.6 or .8 rating against him. There's only two linebackers in the league that are giving up 20 for 20 or more, and he is one of them. So it's just boggles my mind when Jim Schwartz makes comments like we put resources into the linebackers. It boggles my mind when he says things like Nathan Geary is good. It boggles my mind when he says that we made the right call there. Um, Jim Schwartz, you want to talk about what he said there, but we just have to talk about Jim Schwartz as a whole and how disappointing as a a defensive coordinator he is right now and how he's trying to deflect the blame for the problem. And that's really what it comes down to, him deflecting the blame, which is really most of the problems that are on the defense are his fault. Yeah, and you you have a matchup coming up and you have a dynamic quarterback coming up. And even, you know, the receivers aren't the best, but they have a dynamic tight end with Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews can wind up putting up the same same amount of numbers that George Kittle put up if you're putting Nate Geary on him. And, yeah. you know... Nate, I, I just don't know what else they're going to – there's really nothing that can happen unless an injury happens. And you don't wish an injury on anybody. So it's not – I'm just 
I, I wish that they would kind of, you know, not play him as much. Hundred percent of the snaps is absolutely I ridiculous. Know who's the one making the decision on playing Geary? Because all along, since he's been here in 2016, most people forget Jim Schwartz was hired before Doug Peterson was hired. We already had our defensive coordinator in place before our head coach. Jim Schwartz carries a lot of weight. Jim Schwartz carries a lot of sway when he's talking and what he says and what he does. It's his schemes. It's his players. But now all of a sudden he's making comments that it's not his decision. It's not his call. You know, there's rumors from the Jeff McLean report that he doesn't even get to say who dresses. And Doug Peterson doesn't even get to say who dresses. That's how he's called. That's another whole thing whether we talk about it or not. But the thing is, you know, he said, again, I'm, I'm lost without my notes here. They're all sitting at work right now. Um, he said something along the lines of he was asked about the third and eight play. And he stood by that being the right defensive call. Like, he was asked three questions on it. And he said it was the right call. It was the right call. It was the right call. That and ben. then he was asked about calling a timeout. And he just flat out said, well, that's not my call. Yeah, that's the coaches. Peterson's call. So yeah. I thought he made all the calls on defense. But obviously he does not, or he just doesn't want to take the blame for it. So what is it? Is he in control of the defense, or is he not in control of the defense? And that is something that the sports, the media here in Philadelphia really has to get an answer to in the coming days and weeks, because obviously Geary's not working out. We all know that. Davian Taylor played like 10 snaps. He made a few mistakes. He made a few plays. He actually stopped a pass. That's one That's one more than Geary has all year. Okay? He, Alex Singletary, he only played in, what, 30% of the snaps this week? I yeah. think last week he earned the right to play more than that. Well, so who's making these calls? The other thing that I saw, I saw a stat of... I think Geary had four solo tackles mm-hmm. and he, all the snaps he played and everything. And Sean Bradley has had three solo tackles. And uh, maybe he, it was Bradley, not David Taylor, then, that I was thinking of. Yeah, Bradley. And, you know, it, to me, like, why not play these younger players? You want to see what you have. Get them the experience. And a guy like Sean Bradley, he made a big play on Benny Snell uh, when they, they had the ball in, like, two or three-yard line. Uh, he shot the gap and he got the tackle and he made another play later in the game. But why not Alex Singleton? Why not Sean Bradley? Now these aren't household names, but you never know what you what you have. And I I, I just we don't know what we have in them, but we one hundred percent know what we have in Nathan Geary. And that is nothing. He has done literally nothing to prove and earn the role that he has on this team. And and it's it's a disgrace and why not play with just 10 guys on the field? I mean, that's basically what we're doing. Now, I got told I was wrong on it um, by a lot of people, but there was the play along the goal line where Nathan Geary was supposed to be spying on Ben Roethlisberger. And yeah. that was the play that uh, Jalen Mills got the P.I. call on him in the end zone. Now, the thing that people don't realize, when you're the spy in the middle of the field, you got to play a little bit back, and you, you got to have a like almost like a zone. There, there's an area that you're playing. But when you're on, like, the 10 or 15-yard line, you don't need to be 10 yards off of the – you know, they, you can play closer to the quarterback. If and he, he was so far back off the quarterback that Ben Roethlisberger had a lane to throw the ball, but not far enough back to help Jalen Mills. So he doesn't even know where he's supposed to be on the field for the plays. And if he's your spy, that's what he's got to do against Lamar Jackson. If he can't spy correctly against 38-year-old or whatever he is, two lead feet Ben Roethlisberger – 
how's he going to spy and keep up with Lamar Jackson? And, I mean, it's not going to happen. And my thing is, if you're the spy and your responsibility is the quarterback and it's not anything else, you need to either attack the quarterback, put pressure on him, get your hands up, do yeah. something to throw him off. I understand there was a pass interference, but it's beside the point but of... If, but, if, but if he's playing his role right, Mills might not have to make that passing interference play. Yeah. The ball might not even get thrown there to begin with. Eh. You know... And, and there's something about attacking in a, in a spot. You don't want to necessarily attack, but you've got to be at a spot where you can get to the quarterback. When you're rolling out to the sideline, which was what Ben Roethlisberger was doing on that play, you know, you, you, you can kind of cut off the field. And it was so close to the end zone where it wasn't like Ben Roethlisberger was going to run around him. So he could have attacked a little bit more, put his hands up, and been in his face. And Ben Roethlisberger maybe doesn't make that throw. That's all we're trying to do is make real yeah. talk here. I it, mean, I, the, the, what were you going to say? The, the issue with, with Nick Geary is why not play him 65 70% and give those other percentage of snaps? There was a couple PIs yeah. that were bogus actually in the game. And, it seemed like the refs had it against us and, the whole game. And give those snaps to a guy like Singleton and a guy like Sean Bradley. And, you know, you may get more out of Gary if he's on the field in limited snaps, not on the field 100% of the time. I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but trying something else, but keep running them out 100% of the time and not holding any accountability. And we've talked about this time and time again with holding people accountable. If you, are, if, if you or I are working and we're not doing our job and we're doing it at less than half or terrible, we're going to get called out and it's going to be, we're going to be, have to be held accountable for our actions and what we're doing. If you don't, if you don't hold someone accountable. How can you hold Gary accountable? When no one holds Jim Schwartz accountable. No, that's true. I'm going to put some trivia out there for you. I did the research a second time because this was important enough to redo the research when I got home. Okay? Jim Schwartz has been a coach, a defensive coordinator, or a head coach in this league for 19 years. 2001 was his first D coordinator spot, and it was against, it was with the Titans. He took 2015 off. Okay? So 19 years, either a D coordinator or a head coach. How many times do you th- – so I did it for both yards, defensive ranking, yards given up, and points given up. How many times has he had a top 10 defense in both those categories? Probably two. Okay, he's, in points given up, he's had a top 10 defense only four times. With the yes. Eagles in, in 2017, with the Bills in 2014, in 2008, and 2007. Okay? Never a number one. In yards, six times. But here's the, here's the big one, Okay. He's had the 20th or worst-ranked defense in yards and points seven of those 19 years. So he's had a less, like a bottom third defense more than he's had a top 10 defense. So why does this guy keep getting chances? Why does this guy keep getting, you know, the opportunity? And these defensive players aren't going to listen to him because he doesn't have that great track record. I forget whether it was ESP or... Or, or one of the one of the guys, main Philly guys today put out there that Jim Schwartz is a great coach. People aren't giving him credit. It was ESP. These numbers make no sense. He's had a top five defense only three out of 19 years. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. Everyone know how and Jim are the head coach. And no, you know, Jim, Jim Schwartz just called out today in his press conference and said, no, I don't have the say to do those things is basically what he said. So he's deflecting the blame away from himself because he knows he's to blame. But back to the point, when you've had two, two number four ranked defenses, one number two, and that's it. Everything else is 8, 10, and then in the 20s. 
how are your defensive players, your young guys, going to respond to a guy that doesn't have a track record? The the other thing to look up, and something I'm I'm probably going to do a little research on, and something I've thought about is players either their first or second year going up against Jim um, Jim Jim Schwartz's defense. Their numbers, especially the last couple of years, if you have rookie quarterbacks and second-year guys, young quarterbacks, they put up pretty good numbers. Even even look late in last late last year for the uh, for Washington, Dwayne Haskins, who isn't that great of a quarterback, put up pretty good, pretty decent numbers. And if it wasn't for Carson Wentz coming down the field and putting together some great touchdown drives, you know, that's one thing I want to look at because. That shows you in a lot in a defensive coordinator. If you can't confuse or rattle a young quarterback, first or second year guy, and they're able to put up these points, the veterans are going to put up even more. And, we, and we've seen it. We've seen it with the Saints. We've seen it with tons. And the thing is, the exactly, the defense is too basic. It's too vanilla. There isn't – there's no – you don't blitz. There's – it's huge, huge – issues that just don't seem to be getting solved. There's no adjustments. And we talked about we talked about that last week in the postgame show. The adjustments that just aren't being made. And the thing is, you have a team in Baltimore coming in here that they run a whole bunch of different formations. They run that the motion offenses. They do different it's things. Not just Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. They got Mark Ingram. They got Gus Edwards who's averaging five point seven yards a carry. You know, they've got a lot of weapons. Their wide receivers aren't stout. You know, they're they're not great. But, you know, here's another thing. We're going to, we're, we're finally, on these stats, he's got the 30th or worst. There's only 32 teams. So the 30th or worst ranked defense as many times as a top five rated defense. That's how bad it is. But yet this guy's had a job for 19 of the last 20 years. It's pathetic. It's all about it, who it, you know, apparently. Hey, thanks for the comments, everybody. Keep them coming. Drop your comments. If you've got a question for us, what you want to know our opinion on, let us know. Anything, just keep throwing them out there. We love seeing it all. We love to see the interaction. We appreciate it. So, I mean, I don't know what the step forward is here with the defense because obviously they're not going to make these changes, and we're going to be in for a long season if this is the case. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, we're already in a long season at this point. Yeah, one, one, three, and one. You're in a really long season. Yeah, we're already. Your record is what your record is. Yeah, you know, we'll get into Wentz and Djax and all that in a in in, in, in a minute or two, but yeah. So, I mean, I mean, going forward, I mean, you know, Gary's going to be out there again this week. Do you have any confidence about this defense stopping Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Edwards, and uh, and uh, Mark Ingram? I well, mean, I have zero confidence in the defense stopping them. Well, my thing is, what's going on with Darius Slay? He's in concussion, concussion protocol. I know he was out there. And I that's what I'm going to bring up, Will Parks. I, I, know, I know we talked about it. We've disagreed on it. I think you have Will Parks on the field, gives you less of Marcus Epps. Will Parks can do a whole bunch of different things. He may not be great, but he's going to be serviceable and a lot better than a guy like Marcus Epps. And I think he's going to be able to almost serve at you as another linebacker out there. If Will Parks is playing. So you asked Will Parks ready. Is Will Parks ready? He was asked today about that, Doug Peterson. And Will Parks, he said, is healthy. Ready to go. good to practice. But they have to give him a day or two of practice to and see, see if where he, he's at. You know, if see if he's in game shape enough to play. And that seems to be where we're at. And again, I've been hard on Will Park saying he's just a backup, but he's not great. It's not that I'm hard on him. It's just he's not a game changer. And we need a game changer. 
Okay. And, yeah. And that's not what he is. He's going to be an improvement, and will probably run more he, defensive back sets with less linebackers out there. But, but uh, you know, he's going to be good again. He's very good against the run. He's very good in the box and against a team like Baltimore, who's going to show you all these different sets and. They're going to run the ball with the, the plethora of running backs they have with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, yeah. Justice Hill if he's playing. But they're going to give you the plethora of, you know, the plethora of backs they got and then using all those motions and using Lamar. You know, is Will Parks going to be a guy that's going to somewhat spy with Nate Gary or with yeah. another safety or a corner or something that they got? Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I think Will Parks – being out there and getting a couple guys healthy and getting more players healthy is going to help the team, but it's it's going to be a huge challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he couldn't do any worse. He no. could not do any worse. Well, maybe, you know, Nate Gary, maybe Nate Gary is playing like Manti Teo's girlfriend. Invisible. Yeah, basically, Manti Teo's girlfriend <laughs> would cover better at this point, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, we're really digging deep into the jokes for that one, but, you know, I, I, I love it. Is Vinny Curry back? He is again. He is just like Will Parks. He's at practice. It just comes to you know when you're well, you know sitting out for as long as they do, they got to practice one or two days, see how they feel, how tired they are. You know they're not in game shape. So if he's not back this week, Vinny Curry or Will Parks, well, they should be back next. That week. that brings up the question with Vinny Curry. It brings up about you know Washington claiming Casey Tuhill that they waived, and you know I I don't I was like a big fan of Casey Tuhill. I, the the thing with Casey, like you, a twenty four year old, yes, okay, he may not have been getting tons of snaps, but he's a young a young player that's groomed. You know, there's no pre we talked about it, there's no preseason OTAs, all that kind of stuff. So he was just getting his seasoning, and you wave him because of a thirty two year old Vinnie Curry. Yes, Vinnie Curry's a veteran. Yes, he's he's an okay player. He can do a couple of things for you, but uh, to to me, that just. That was a that's a mistake, and I I, th- I think Vinny Curry's gonna be back if not this week next week, but I I don't know I I, I, I mean if Slay's not back because Slay's out in the concussion protocol right now, then passing the ball scares me because that means we got Jalen Mills and who else playing quarterback? Craig James is he gonna be your other starting cornerback? So Mills will be your number one, James your two, LeBlanc your slot, and I then mean, is that NRC. And then you have NRC. I mean, that's not good. Slay yeah. makes up for the deficiencies of the other players. Yeah. Because he doesn't need help guarding these guys. You know? So I don't know. I, and this comment here. I didn't know Jim Schwartz ever blitzed. Did he? Because he hasn't blitzed more than four times in the four years in Philly total. Well, you know? J- he used to do it in Detroit, maybe. I don't know. Jason would know if he did yeah, it in Detroit. Detroit guy, he's my fantasy and gambling show expert that comes on every Thursday night, 8.30 when we do that show. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's frustrating. It really is. Uh, you know, just the, the, the thing that's so frustrating is the talent they have on that defensive line and the amount. It's going to waste. Yeah. It, basically, as you know, they're, they're one of the best defensive lines. They're at getting pressure, hitting the quarterback, sacks. They're all up there in the top five. But the problem is the back end is bottom five. Honestly, it's bottom five. Yeah, McLeod's been playing really well this year, but he's nothing else. They didn't really that much in 2017. No, they had that rotation in 2017 yeah. with all those all those yeah. guys thrown out. They made a lot of pressure with the front four. So yeah. 
It was a lot from the front four. Sometimes when your front four, front five are getting a lot of pressure, the, it seems like you're getting a lot of blitzing, but that's really not what they're doing. The only guy they really blitzed a lot in 2017 is Michael Kendricks because he was a good blitzing linebacker. But, right. you know, who is available, but he's not a Jim Schwartz guy, and that's the reason he yeah. was ousted. Well, he's, is he not a Jim Schwartz guy, or is he not a Howie Roseman guy? Because at this point, eh? I don't know which one's which. Yeah, yeah. You know, you make a you make a really good point on that because the the whole Howie Roseman thing, and I don't know what to th- what to make of it, and it's something that's you know we're gonna I think it's gonna it's gonna creep back up um, in the coming weeks, if not coming days, depending on what what happens. But and you know what what he said right there, Lamar and Brown, you know Marquise Brown is an absolute burner, speedster. And if Darius Slay is not playing and you have Mills lined up one-on-one one, one on one with him, that, that's that's double move right there and yeah, gone. It's, it's not going to work out in our favor at all. And, and and it's a shame. And like like he said, we need a yard sale. There are so many people that need to get rid of. But we don't even know who to blame or who is going to get rid of people because who's in charge? Is Jim, Jim Schwartz in charge? Is Howie Roseman in charge? Is Doug Peterson in charge? We're cruising for a bitter, bitter breakup in our front office and coaching staff at this point now, because it's that bad at this point. Now, the one question, speaking of Lamar Jackson, the one question I have for you is mm-hmm. Marty Morningweg is like a consultant. Marty Morningweg was with Lamar Jackson and instituted, yep. you know, implemented a couple things over in Baltimore with, with Harbaugh and uh, uh, the offensive coaching staff over there. Yep. How much does that help? Because also – I did see that Jalen Hurts is going to take uh, take on the Lamar Jackson role in practice. I don't I don't really put too yeah. much into that, but well, with- he was asked Doug Peterson about that in his press conference today um, about whether you know he wasn't asked about it with the in, in regards will Marty help with Lamar Jackson, but he was asked about it you know what they're trying to do with Jalen Hurts, and he said Marty is trying to mimic what Jalen Hurts with Jalen Hurts what he did a couple years ago with you know Lamar. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore when he was there but it's just not not getting the same time and the same effect that it did back then so I'm, I'm not really sure yeah you know it's just yeah but you know switching over a little bit to kind of what what Doug talked about um, you want to play the a clip uh, one of the clips of Doug yeah, I forget which one's which now, so we're going to play the first one here. Just play whatever. I got two of them. Um, now I can't. Obviously, Le'Veon's a good player, and he's had he's had a lot of production in this league. But I'm, I'm excited you know, about Miles, what, what he's done, uh, getting, getting you know, Boston, you know, interjected into the system, getting Corey uh, an opportunity. And this is, you know, thinking, you know, this is a, this is a situation where you know, we, I think we have found our, our – three down guy in miles you know and and that's something that that we've been we've been looking for as you guys know and and so we're we're thrilled about that um and we're also excited about the the young guys behind well they're all young but but with boston and and Corey and and even huntley i mean this is a guy that has got some got some speed and athleticism so you know there's room to there's room to grow there there's room to get better uh but i'm excited about the guys we have So, so i've got so much on that little thing there first off he found his three down back in Miles Sanders. So then why is Miles Sanders 33rd ranked in the NFL in second half yardage? Why is Miles Sanders 25th ranked 
in carries. What? How is he a three-down back if he's not getting the ball ever? Yeah, and that, that, that's the biggest thing because they don't give him any touches. You know, he should be getting 25 touches. If he's your third three-down lead back, you know, Doug doesn't make any sense because he also talks about, remember Corey Clements, the four-minute man. You know, it's, it's just... He has 11 carries on the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and Boston Scott is... Boston Scott should only be used out of the backfield. Should really here and there sprinkling. He's a third running back. Corey he's Clement not, is a special teamer. Not, everybody thinks he's this Boston or Boston Scott is this Darren Sproles guy. He's not Darren Sproles. Everybody's got to remember Darren Sproles is a once in a generation talent. He's a borderline Hall of Fame player. Yeah. Boston Scott is nowhere near as fast, as quick, or as experienced as Darren Sproles. My only so, thing, my only thing that I'll say on the Le'Veon Bell is if he's willing to come for, say, a, a minimum, but otherwise you can't... I, why, why bring it... Let, let, let's, let's, there, there's a few things there. First off, the fact that a certain person on the radio said that Miles Sanders is not good, we need to bring in Le'Veon Bell, is a trash of a comment, and it was just a clickbait comment. Let me get that out of the way. But Le'Veon Bell, what's the point of Le'Veon Bell coming here when Doug does not run the ball? And yeah. when Doug doesn't run the ball with his most talented player... And Le'Veon Bell, right before we went on the air, I saw a tweet from somebody saying that Le'Veon has multiple suitors. He is going to go to the place where he is utilized the most. Not where the best chance to win, where he's going to be utilized the most. So he just wants to touch the ball. He just you, wants to carry the ball. He wants to get paid. You want to know where he's you want to know where he's gonna go? I'm gonna give you my my guess. New England? No. Kansas there. City. They I know they use Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Hilaire, but I think it, he fits perfect for them. Out of the backfield okay. throwing, but yeah, he, I'm, I'm not. I mean, Johnny might like Le'Veon Bell here. I want nothing to do with Le'Veon Bell. Honestly, honestly, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders is second in yards in the first half, but he's 33rd in yards in the second half. It's because he's not getting the ball. Why would if if he's going to go somewhere where he wants to get the ball, he's not going to get the ball here, Le'Veon Bell. So he's not coming here. So let's just forget that talk. It's not going to happen. If it does happen, it's going to blow up. Worse than Antonio Brown coming here would have blown up, which I'm still I would still know that would have been a good pickup in the beginning of the season. Chris has a good good point there in Chicago, but you want to play the other you want to play the other. New England would be a place for him. Jeff checking in because he can't get his computer to work right now. Uh, What's up? What's up, Billy? Podcast. He's saying Le'Veon wasn't relevant since 2016. Yeah, I mean it's been a while. I think that sitting out for a season really. Really, really hurt him a lot. He he never got the momentum back after he sat out 2018. Jeff hasn't so, been Jeff hasn't been relevant for three weeks. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, he has a practice window, so he, at least he's tuning into the show. That's that, true. That's, that's true. Right there. So I like that. You want to play the other? He's taking his phone to work, or his computer to work, but he's checking it in. What are we talking about right now? Well, we we, we transition from Gary and Schwartz. We're talking offense. You know, we're talking about Miles Sanders, Le'Veon Bell. We've got to talk about wide receivers, and we've got to talk about Zach Ertz. So which one do you want to talk about next? I want to talk about the wide receivers. The, f- the first thing that I want to say is with Deshaun and Alshon, I know I think Doug touched on it and talked about, you know, the way the way uh, Fulgham has been has been showing out and the way he played, and i got to see which four or five are give us the best chance. Okay. Um, I don't know if you watched any of the practice film, I watched a little bit of because Fulgham was always first, and then today? from today, Fulgham was first, and then there was Alshon. There was two different clips. Uh, yeah, one I saw Alshon was first, Fulgham was second. Okay, 
And the so and then um and Deshaun was last out of the whole entire group of wide receivers. So that leads me to believe that Alshon will be back this week. He was really close last week. Yeah. But it looks like based off of that practice footage that your starting outside guys are gonna be Fulgham and, and Alshon. Yeah. And then and I guess Ward is your slot guy with high tower as your four for now. You don't think they play JJ over Fulgham? I'm kidding. <laughs> well yeah, it, I, Howell Roseman has this say that he does. Fogum might be inactive this week. Who knows? Oh and, that... you know, the, 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 the way that they're thinking at this point, who knows? But the thing was, watching watching Fogum in his, breaking in his routes and watching him and how quick and his the way his feet were and then watching Alshon. I know Alshon's older. I know Alshon's the veteran. Maybe he's not going as hard as a Fulgham would be going in practice because it depends. Some of the routes that I saw him running on that drill, I forget what that drill is. Uh, called and all, but he looked smooth. He's, he looks yeah. like he's ready to go. And Alshon, when healthy, is a really, really quality, borderline pro bowl. Not all pro, but borderline pro bowl. Yeah, talent. yeah. He's he's going to give you that veteran, the sure-handed veteran receiver. Um, exactly. Fulgham is res- deserving of playtime. And the other thing that I saw was after practice, I guess Carson and Fulgham throw with each other to get a better connection. And something yeah. like that, if, if you're – if you have a – the quarterback has the confidence – like we saw in 2018 with with Carson and Ertz, that confidence and the way he targeted them. And you have a receiver who goes down the field like Fulgham, and the, the catches he made, they weren't easy catches. A lot of them were contested. There were some um, – he had to really get the high point in the ball, and and I, I don't think you're getting much out of J.J. or Alshon you're getting traded. Yeah, we're getting a bunch of trades. Um, but, you know, it's yeah. – the thing is, I don't, I don't think – Djax plays this week. I think he takes one more week. He's back the following week. But I think Alshon does play. I think you're right. I think it's Fulgham, and I think it's Alshon, and then Greg Ward sprinkle on the inside, and you'll have Hightower. And I think Krez Watkins may get a deep ball here or there, but you know, I don't know. Getting a lot of crap this week. Everybody forgets he's a fifth round rookie. Yes, he should have caught. He didn't get enough crap for dropping that touchdown pass. That is true. But he's a rookie. He just. He's a speed demon, and he's running good routes. He gets he's separation. Not, he's just not tracking the yeah. ball. And that's something that comes with uh, with time. And that's something that there comes he with is. experience. There he is. Back from the dead. What a freaking crap show. I almost dropped an F-bomb live on the air. Yeah. I don't, I don't care at this freaking moment. <laughs> Never let your woman freak. She's supposed to be a computer person. Yet she leaves a computer on for three weeks while I'm in the hospital, however long it's been. Takes me an hour resetting it ten different times, trying to get on this freaking podcast. I don't know what's worse, the freaking computer or Jim Schwartz's game plan this past Sunday. Spazzy Jeff is back. Yeah, Spazzy Jeff, <laughs> woo! As our, our, as our viewership drops, like, 10, 15 people instantly as Spazzy Jeff's back. Yeah, well. Yeah. But, so we're on to Fulgham in the offense. We've moved on from Schwartz. Oh, whatever. Yeah. But, but anyway, Fulgham will play. It's, there's no doubt about it. Hightower will be four. My question is, if Fulgham plays well, Hightower shows a little bit of improvement. When I'm not even worried about Alshon and Djax. When Rager comes back, oh, you're who's right. Who's going to be the odd man out? We're still a couple weeks from Rager being back. Yeah. Who's the odd man out here? I mean, obviously, my guess is Watkins because he seems to be lowest on the totem pole as the first one out. But if you get Jackson back, Alshon back, Fogum's still playing well. You know, Ward's got the connection with for the two yard catches with uh, Carson Wentz. You know, is, is Hightower going to sit? No. Or is Jake Dog going to sit? I mean. 
They they won't pull Jacob. It took three years for them to get rid of high, uh, get rid of Matt Collins. They're not going to move on from uh, Hightower yet. They have to go with the hot hand. They have to they have to go with whoever's the guy that. Sorry, we're both clicking at the same yeah, time. I've been controlling the comments for like two weeks now. Get off my comment board. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was in a hospital bed. I apologize. I'll say like assholes. Everybody's got them. <laughs> uh, they have to go with the hot hand. I'll say. I what happened the first couple of weeks with D Jack uh, being back? They tried giving him on that snap count. It completely ruined the complete rhythm of their offense because I felt they were trying to game plan too much against Jackson the ball instead of Carson just going out there, going through his progressions, and just trying just trying to play football. I, th- I felt with D-Jack out there and with those limited snap counts and with those play calls that uh, Peterson was calling, they were trying. it was too much pressure on Carson, too much pressure to try to get Jackson the ball. So I, regardless of Jackson, Alshon, whoever's back there, it, right now we're with a crowded wide receiving corp of a, a bunch of unknowns, but they have to go with the hot hand. I'll say it's going to be interesting to see how Baltimore handles uh, Fulgham this week because now there's game tape on him. We have two weeks of game tape to uh, study him and study uh, the what Wentz and what Peterson's doing with this offense with Fulgham and the, and the other guys out there. I got, so. I, got, I got a really interesting question. I'll pose it. You guys can both answer it because I don't even know the answer. We'll all agree that Zach Ertz looked like crap on Sunday, right? You know, yeah. he looked disinterested, whatever, okay? That, that, report, again, I'm missing my notes, but somebody reported today that his body language at practice again today looked uninterested and not with it like he just doesn't want to be here okay right now we've only got one tight end with him i know we got perkins and the other guy that they're calling up from the practice squad probably um when dallas goddard comes back do they stop running so many 12 formations and two tight end sets and start going with these wide receivers and maybe dallas goddard a little bit more do those snap counts get a little... Because still, even when Dallas Goddard was here, it was like something like 70-some percent, Ertz, 50 percent, you know, Goddard. Does yeah, that number get a little closer? Do we start seeing them out well, there 60-60 or, or Dallas Goddard a little bit more? Well, what you're going to see, in, in my opinion of it, is when Goddard comes back, the thing is, if you have Fulgham still playing pretty well, if you have Rager back, if you have Alshon, Deshaun, you know, Greg Ward... You, Hightower, you have these, all these receivers. Yeah, they're going to play 12 personnel, but are they going to play as much if the receivers are, start, are playing really well? So there's there's options that they have, but you saw it early in the year. You know, They focused on Goddard, and Goddard was playing really well before he got hurt. Uh, Ertz just, yeah, his body language seems disinterested. You know, the contract issues, this, he just doesn't, out of his breaks, a little bit lackadaisical. It just doesn't. I don't. I just don't know. Is, is he fed is he up? Is he pissed off? Physically checked out. The thing is, you. He's more than checked, he's more than checked out. Yeah. I was say you see when he's bumped on those routes, he just yeah. stops. I yeah. say you can see Wentz is waiting. Wentz is looking for him. He's he's expecting. Uh, he's expecting Ertz in a certain spot of the field to, to throw the football, and Ertz ain't there. And I was saying we're seeing a lot more from Ertz. I would say when he's. Instead of continuing those routes, he's holding his hands up, drawing. He wants to, he wants a flag almost every single play. And yes, so, you know what? That one play that was the interception, a flag should have been called there. I mean, it, it was well past the five yards. It was illegal like, contact. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's obviously an illegal contact play. But you play through that, and you wait for the flag afterwards 100% of the time. And the other thing is we've talked about on the show a million times that who do you trade, who do you keep, Goddard, Ertz, you can't pay both, whatever. Well, Zach Ertz has just completely screwed himself on getting a big-time deal that he wanted and screwed the Eagles because 
you know, there was talk that we could get maybe a first-round pick for Ertz or maybe a second and a fourth or something. We ain't getting a third-round pick for Ertz at this point, the way you're, he's playing right now. You're probably, and, and looking, at you're probably looking at, at best, a fourth-round pick. And the thing is, with, with Ertz... You know, you can't get rid of him because right now Goddard's hurt. You have Richard Rodgers. You have Hakeem Butler, who hasn't played yet. Jason Kroom. Jordan Franks, I think, is on the practice squad as well. Uh, Perkins is still on the pup list or IR. He's not available. But you have absolutely nothing then. I understand that, um, you know, his body language, he's not giving you much of anything. But he's still the name out there. They do still focus on him. But all, all I have to say is... I. I don't see him coming back next year. And the way he's playing on practice field and on on Sundays, his body language, the way he's you know, the way he's acting and just I I just think he's disinterested. I don't really feel that he's fully committed. Yeah, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't I don't know. You can't there's nothing you can do about it right now. Okay? You can't trade him. No. You can't excite him to the extension he wants. If, if, if even in the off season, what are you going to trade him? You can't at this point. And and as Philly po- Insider Podcast is saying, Carson did not look bad this past week. I know he had two interceptions, but he definitely started to show some rhythm. He definitely started making more accurate passes. And you said Hakeem Butler. I was watching another show, and they were asked about that. They had somebody that was at practice, and he's not looking good at practice from everything that I've I've heard that he's dropping passes at practice, etc. So. He might not even be, you know. He's uh, he he's, he's basically. And he was cut from the Cardinals for a reason. Or he's a project because he he's moving to tight end, so it's a project type of thing. Like same thing as the guy that they claim, which he didn't count as a roster spot because of the whole COVID thing. Who they claimed off of waivers from uh, Arizona, Brett Toth, who's an offensive lineman. So a lot of people don't remember that's a roster spot, and that's why they waived two guys with uh, Graylin Arnold and Casey Tuhill. They have to clear up a spot for him but you know it's to, to me Butler's going to be inactive for to me possibly the rest of the year if not they release him but they want to try and see he's a young kid maybe he may work out a tight end kind of like how Vegas did with Darren Waller after the Ravens cut him so not saying he's going to be him I'm not saying that at all but um yeah, Ertz a linebacker. No, Ertz can't even break a tackle. He's not going to be able to make a tackle. I mean, I, I just a linebacker. Someone suggested trade Ertz in the offseason for a linebacker, which we keep on. Ertz, Ertz right now has no trade value. I would say, I would say, unless they get what they want, he he's playing through that contract. He's playing this year. He's playing next year, and then he doesn't even have the leverage to hold out next year. No. No, I don't. Not, not after, unless he has a break, unless he catches magic in a bottle and uh, has a tremendous uh, down the stretch uh, season, I say he has no leverage whatsoever. No. Do you want to play that I other? Want, I want to go back. I just thought of something, go ahead. and I totally forgot it when we were talking defense and all. And I tried to research it. I couldn't find any information on it. Someone brought up along the lines on Twitter, some reporter uh, or average podcaster like us, nobody podcaster. I don't remember who it was. That uh, why not bench Geary for Jannard Avery? Because supposedly Jannard Avery played linebacker at some point, and if you go to his Wikipedia page, it does have linebacker listed there. But I cannot find at any point in college or the pros that he's played linebacker. So I'm not sure where that plays. He's six foot, six two, two fifty. He's a prototypical middle linebacker in size. Did he have any value as a linebacker in either of your eyes? My. 
Did he play as like a pass rushing, like a three four scheme or something? Yeah. So, I, so I couldn't figure it. I, I spent about fifteen minutes trying to figure this out today, and I couldn't find anything other than his Wikipedia page saying linebacker somewhere on it. So, when he came out of college, out of Memphis, the type of defense Memphis runs. He was – they play a lot. They're defensive ends because last year they had a defensive end, Hunt, who was a a uh, undersized defensive end. And that's what Jannard Avery is, undersized defensive end, rusher. So it's more because rusher. of his size that he's considered he's, a linebacker. Yes. He's, he's basically an outside rushing type of player. I, he's not going to fare any better than Gary. It's not really going yeah, to bode well. We don't really run a 4-3 very often. We're really running a 5-2 sometimes. Yeah. You know, a four-two. You know, we we we've, we've got five, sometimes six defensive backs out there. You know, you're just using him as your. It's your a four-two-five. Basically, it's basically a four-two-five with a, with another safety yeah. down in the box. Basically, yeah. the type of defense they play. Uh, it's just something I saw brought up, and I wanted to get your opinions on it because you know, two weeks ago we saw Avery have a huge breakout game. Where was he this week? Didn't even hear his name. I don't even know what his snap count was. I don't think it was much. Yeah, I don't it think wasn't. he played that much. So how can you go from making such an impact two weeks ago in that San Francisco game to getting no time on the ball? Blame your defense over here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to play the other Peterson clip? Yeah, let, let's jump right into the next Peterson clip here. This is a fun one because this is something that we are all been waiting – well, some of us have been waiting for. Here we go. First time, obviously, it's not going to be packed. But to even have a little bit of fans, that has to be something special for you guys. I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy. I'm so glad for this day to, to be here, you know, uh, to have fans in our, in our stands um, and, and to, to feel, the, uh, to feel the, the energy of the crowd, even even small crowd, right? I mean, it, it was really good in Pittsburgh to have, have the fans there and, and um, just to see them, to, to come out of the tunnel and to see people in our bleachers uh, is going to be it's going to be exciting. You know, we've talked about it before. Our players are going to feel their job uh, to have them there, and and uh, to have our families back in the in the stands is uh, it's important to them. It's important to us, and then we're really looking forward to it. It's going last week um, in Pittsburgh, and having fans um, kind of changed the atmosphere, changed the environment. And I know it'll be even different um, being at home. You know, it's still different, it's still kind of weird. You know, not back in the house, so to speak. But like you mentioned, it, it takes you to you know. You know, high school scrimmages, middle school scrimmages, those types of things when you're, you're playing in front of no fans. And it's just kind of a sometimes an eerie feeling there. You know, it goes silent. But um, having fans out there, you know, definitely motivates us a little bit more. And, and we love playing in front of the fans. And can't wait for the day when, when we can really pack that house. But uh, this is a start for sure. Fans are back at the link this week. 7,500 max. I heard that does include the media that, members that includes, that includes media that includes the players that includes any uh staff that needs to run this to run the stadium so yeah. i think i think roughly per game right now it's going to be a little bit over like 5500 or tickets yeah, so we're at 5500 to 6000 yeah yeah so by the way before we touch on that i did look avery only played in 14 snaps last week for a guy that made such an impact the week before he played 14 snaps yeah that's that's not, that's not your coaching staff I know you weren't here, but we spent a lot of time talking about who's making the decisions on this coaching staff. But Uh, this sounds like words after the press conference, and the fact that he has no say after the press conference. It sounds like. 
Well, I'll say, and then I'll say the fact that Schwartz threw Peterson and Hallie under the bus twice. I'll say he threw up Doug under the bus for that timeout, I think, on the defensive side of the ball or whatever the timeout issue was this past week. And then when he was asked about the linebacking uh, position, and uh, I'll say as far as personnel, he's like, I'm not the one that has, I'm not the one that has the same personnel. So that's Hallie and Doug. So I would say. He, I, I don't truly believe that. I, would say. I, I know he's throwing him under the bus, but he has to have some type of say with his defensive scheme. I, I know the Eagles' front office a little bit, I'll say, from covering them over the years. And they asked a lot of input from their defense, from their uh, coordinators as well as the head coach. So, yeah, Doug might have the final say, but I'm sure he asks for his input uh, from Schwartz. And I'll say Schwartz just hasn't done a good job. I'll say the fact that I'll say he hasn't put his guys in position. He keeps on putting Jalen Mills at corner, corner safety. He can't play freaking anything in defensive back whatsoever. And I would say the fact that you're getting burned in man-to-man constantly, I understand you have Darius Slayton here who's a great man-to-man corner, but the rest of your personnel isn't, isn't set up for that. They need, he needs to do a better job getting his defensive uh, scheme in order and adjusting on the fly to put them in position uh, to stop opposing offenses a little bit better because they have a tough task this week. I will well, say I, 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 there's going to be most likely no slay. So you're rolling out there with, you know, Avant, no, no, with, uh, what's it called? Mills as your number one cornerback this week. Yeah, and I'll say, I, I understand uh, the Ravens' offense isn't the offense from last season, but they're still putting up points. They still have the defending offensive uh, MVP of, uh, of the, from last season. They still have a lot of speed, and unfortunately, this defense, they, they, they have... They, they keep on getting, I would say, they need to figure out something with those misdirection, wide receiver handoffs, because the past two or three weeks, they've been getting burned constantly from opposing teams. And I'll say, the one issue, I'll say, one match by which we'll get into a little bit, that I'm, uh, I would say we're going to that's going to be a problem, it's Mark Andrews. I'll say a couple weeks ago, Tyler Higby had a uh, tremendous game against us and torched us. I see another big game then trying to contain Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, who's possibly have a big game this week against this defense. And we'll we'll touch on all that. I want to get back on the fans. The big thing with that, I understand you got a great team coming in, but some players – it's just even if it's not a lot of fans, there's still a little bit of noise. And like what Carson said, it's not that eerie silence. There's not fake noise coming in. Do you know there's people there? And I think it's, it may pump up the level and get them a little bit juiced. And you know maybe it's something the Eagles need. You know the they can they can uh, boo Nick Gary when he misses a, a tackle or misses a play on Mark Andrews. To answer Robert's question, our defense is ranked 13th against yards given up and 23 in points allowed, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I got that. That was the next thing I was going to say. I had 24, but 23, 24 in points allowed. So they're not ranked good at all. You're not going to win a lot of games when you're 23rd, no. 24th in points given up. Well, like I said, I. The only stat they're somewhat decent in, I would say, which was over uh, the last couple weeks, is their sack numbers. I think they're still number one, number two in the league in sacks. Yeah. So. I'll say, besides the pass rush, the defense, especially the back end of the defense, has been horrendous. I'll say linebackers, the secondary. That's the Philly podcast guy, whoever that is, or a girl, could be a girl, um, <laughs> said, I'm not sure who it is. You know, Michael yeah, well, first off, this one here from before, you know, every player that we've drafted from one to four has gotten a snap except for Davian Taylor. He's not even, we don't know if Davian Taylor can play or not because he hasn't even had one snap on defense. Just yet. special team Brad snaps. Singleton, Bradley, Taylor, all go out there. I mean, they can't do any worse. You might as well let them out there. And then he brings up even Michael Jaquette from the practice squad. 
there are guys that we don't even know if they can do anything. The guys we and, are playing can't do anything. So, and you know. The thing is, on that point, what he said, play the young guys. Green, Green Bay has a cornerback that played in 2018 for the Eagles, Chandon Sullivan. And people said, oh, this, this guy stinks. What, we don't even know who he is. We don't know who he is. He's a key part of Green Bay's defense. Just two years later, because he, he went to Green Bay in 2019, he got more playing time. He's played, I'm not saying he's an all-pro or a pro bowler, but he's a serviceable cornerback that would probably be starting, if not right behind, being able to give you um, good playing time. But, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, play the young guys, but you put all the young guys in. Is it you saying just forfeiting the rest of the not forfeiting the rest of the season, but just saying, you know, giving it in? I, like I said, I would play these guys more than I have played. Hey, Gary needs at safety as well. He's not yeah. getting enough snaps. He's not looking bad. He's not looking great, but he's not looking bad for a young kid. You know, he's saying play Gary on special teams. I don't think he could do that pretty well. I want to touch on something. I meant to bring it up, Johnny, on the uh, post game show. You know. We don't often think about the return game, kick return, punt return. But Boston Scott got three opportunities to return kicks in the last game, did not get the ball to the 20-yard line once. Why is he your kick returner? I know there's not many other options, but he's not very good at it. It was something I talked about or wanted to talk about in the last show, but never got to. But it it just brought that up and made me have to bring it up. Just to touch on that real quick, if I'm not mistaken, if we if I go back and rewatch those, do you do you guys notice there's a player on the very outside near the sideline that comes running across the field, and every single time, and it's just every time the guy came across the field, it was just it seemed like he left. He was running across the field, and the guy that was that he should have just blocked that instead of running across the field was the guy that come in and make the tackle. The thing is, you don't have I to me, I'd rather see Corey Clement back there, a little bit bigger of a guy. But I, I don't know. A kick return really isn't – it's not what it used yeah, to be. But, returns, but still, you know what? I, I was watching – I don't remember if it was the Monday night game or the Tuesday night game that there was multiple kickoffs returned and they were all up to the 30-yard line. They it was probably yesterday. Harder. Yeah, and on top of that, the uh, the punt return, you got Greg Ward sometimes. You've got, you got a different person back there, you know, returning punts, and they aren't making any – I mean, Greg Ward, I know some people out there really love the Ward Ward, but Greg Ward could not outrun a chicken, okay? So the chickens that are in my yard right now, he couldn't outrun them. So why is he your punt return? He's not going to make any separation there either. So it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's it's not good there. But, I mean, we keep getting sidetracked away from the fan talk. Did we not want to talk about the fans? I gave my input. I said I think it's yeah, going to be. I'm happy with the fans being back. So, yeah. But let's move on. Let's let's move past all that. Keys Keys to victory. Go ahead, Jeff, since you've been missing. What's your key, your one key to victory? Uh, one key to the victory? Sound effects again. Hold on. I love it. We have what? a sound effect in two weeks. <laughs> They're back. Play the sound effect again for me. What's that? I want to hear the sound effect again. Oh, okay, let me, let me hear it again? Yeah. There you go. Uh, key to the game for the Eagles, I would say, of course... That's to play better on defense. I'll say it's going to come back to containing Lamar Jackson. I know last week he didn't have the greatest game. They might be getting at the right opportunity, but he's still an offensive playmaker. There's a reason why he was the MVP last season. Uh, they have a lot of offensive firepower uh, with Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, the running uh, the running game has been tremendous for them with Lamar, Lamar Jackson being that dual threat option. 
Uh, so I would say the big key is containing the running game, containing Lamar Jackson, uh, and just playing better on defense in my eyes. Go ahead, Phil. What's your... I let you go. I like to go last. Okay. Because I've always got four or five random thoughts. My my key to the game is going to be protection. Protect Carson Wentz. We don't know if Lane Johnson is going to start at right tackle. So with his ankle injury, I think it's going to be more of, you know, if he's going to be healthy enough, which I don't think, I don't think he's going to play. I think it's going to be Driscoll out there. You need to protect Carson Wentz because you have Matt Judon, who's one of the best pass rushers on Baltimore's team. Tyus Bowser. You still have Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams. You know, they have a plethora of good defensive players. We talked about it with last week with Pittsburgh. That's the big thing is protect Carson Wentz, keep him upright to let him be able to attack downfield. Well, especially since, uh, I would say, last week against uh, Joe Burrow, they sacked him, I think, six or seven times, four or five of them from the defensive back. So their defensive coordinator is going to be designing a bunch of different blitz packages, especially if Lane Johnson's out there. I would say they're going to have to come up with some type of block uh, uh, block protection up there, to, uh, like you said, to keep Carson Wentz upright. All right, so I'm going to go a little different way with my key for the victory of this game. Um, and it's kind of a two-parter here, is the voice of the team. Is somebody in the coaching staff, Doug, Jim Schwartz, somebody else, going to step up and show that they're the leader of this team? They're going to, you know, have a game plan, and they're going to lead this team with the right game plan, not just whatever is working. And I think the fans being there helps because they're not going to want to be embarrassed in front of the fans. And also, both Doug and Jim Schwartz were asked in their interviews about leadership on defense. And they all, they both just danced around and refused to answer the question. So is somebody's voice on that defense going to step up and say, yo, guys, let's get, who's going to be that Malcolm Jenkins? A key to victory is somebody stepping up into that leadership role because there is talent on this defense, not at linebacker, not with Slay out at cornerback, but there is talent on this team. Somebody needs to step up, be that voice and leader, and lead them to victory. Well, the... I think that can actually help if somebody would actually motivate these guys. The thing, the thing, the whole Slay thing is, it isn't saying he is he he's out because he did have a helmet on and everything and went through light practice. That's a good sign with the concussion yeah. protocol. So yeah, it is. So it, he's not out for sure yet. Yeah, it's just not trending in the right direction yet. Yeah. No. But you know, talking. Rodney needs to be the leader. Everyone said Rodney was going to step up and be that leader of this defense. But he hasn't proven to be that. Not at and all. And then Mills, I was saying, training camp, he had uh, that locker room meeting and all that. And you thought he was a guy that's going to be stepping up? Nobody. Fletcher Cox never opened his mouth. Fletcher nope. Cox seems to be the quietest, you know, $800 million man or whatever he is. You know, somebody's got to step up and be that leader. And, yeah, as Julio said, kill the music, Jeff. The music's been terrible. We can't hear each other. You wanted the effect, so... Yeah, you know, Julio, he's just getting happy. He hasn't been here for two weeks. He just he just wants to play as much as he can on his on his thing. So yeah. that's, the, that's the key to the victory. If no one steps up to be the leader, we're not winning this game. Yeah, and the, and the the other thing to think about with basically stepping up as a leader, you know, Brandon Graham also. You know, I understand, you know, he's a veteran on that defense, but this defense and the players and the personnel, the veterans on this defense, they're not like the veterans 
that we grew up, like Jeff and I at least, grew up watching with, you know, uh, Dawkins and Trotter and Hugh Douglas and Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor and, uh, you know, these type of these type of players that you get you get kind of spoiled that you had these you have these type of leaders and even Malcolm Jenkins he was a leader he was vocal he'll tell you you know it's when you miss that you know it's a little bit and we talked about the leadership with Malcolm and and what and, and what it was going the impact it was going to be and how it was going to be felt and you know, you're, you're seeing it. It's, it's definitely being felt. You know, you, you're throwing guys out in the secondary like Marcus Epps and, you know, young Kayvon Wallace, who really isn't ready yet. You know, they're not going to be nowhere close to, you know, what Rodney McLeod was when Jenkins was the leader because J- McLeod is supposed to be that leader. But, you know, I just – I don't know. I'm just uh, – I'm not – feeling too confident in someone stepping up as a leader. I think it's just going to be the deal. It's going to be like the same it's been um, with them just playing. Comment for you there, buddy. Uh, The game, Chad, Chance and Sullivan, Devontae Bosby. Yep. Devontae Bosby is a role player for the, uh, at the end of the roster for the Broncos, but he's on the roster. It's, you know, it's, it sucks because there's players that are able to be developed and they're just not being developed. And we've, we've talked about that too. On the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, if you're not developing these young players, it doesn't matter. Um, I know one of our writers talked about draft pick retention and how Washington had the highest out of the division and the Giants were second highest. It's all about who you can develop. Yes, I am a Mariners fan. It's okay. Ken Griffey Jr. All right, let's keep moving on. This show's dragging on like awful here. Let's do our Uleka locks. You got your lock sound? There, there we, we go. go. We, got, we got another sound effect. Johnny, give us the stats on the locks. What stats? Like, what are the records last week? I don't have the records. I didn't look those you've up. I thought Jeff had every that. Every single week you've been shouting out what we went last week. Well, because week. Jeff wasn't here. Oh, my God. You guys are so unorganized. So awful. You can You can look it up while I talk about mine this week. Okay? Well, I know. I went... Let's see, 0-1, 1-1. Uh, one one. I went 2-1 last week in my locks, just so you know. Well, my locks, remember, I had Denver, but then I switched it because Denver canceled. And I said if they canceled, it was it was going to be um, it was gonna be the Giants at plus 9.5, which I got that one. Yeah, I failed on that. But I also picked the, the Eagles, which it was a loss. And I forget the last one I picked, so... Yeah. I was here well, two whatever. and one or one Let's and two. Let's get back to it this week. I'll go first since uh, go ahead. You, you don't know what you're doing there, you know. My locks this week, the three ones I'm placing money on, and we'll get into more details in the gambling end tomorrow night at 8.30 when Jason Sullivan, Josh Campbell, and I do all the fantasy and gambling information that you want. Definitely check it out. All these networks, all three of us, we talk everything you can. But my locks as of now, I got the Browns plus three against the Steelers. I got the Titans minus three and a half against the Texans. And the Panthers, it's basically a pick game at minus one. They're playing the Bucks, But I'm going to go, uh, or not the Panthers, the Packers, minus one against the Bucks. So I got Bucks minus one, Titans minus three and a half, and Browns plus three. They are my locks of the week. You going, Jeff, or you want okay. me to go? 
You go, Austin. So, uh, I wasn't prepared. I didn't pick mine, so I'm going to go. I am so proud to be a part of this team right now. Yeah. You guys are on the ball every <laughs> second of the day. Weeks without income. I've been working all day. I'm sorry. Oh, here we go. Okay, so I, nine o'clock. I own a pizza shop. I worked all day too. Yeah, but you can take breaks whenever you want, and your income's based off uh, your pizza sales, oh. not how much uh, you're driving around like me. All right, so getting back to the football aspect. And not about our, our boring personal life. Uh, my locks this week, I have Atlanta, plus three and a half. They fired their coach, their GM. I don't know. I just have a feeling that they're able to to beat Minnesota. Minnesota, I don't know. Did Dalvin Cook play? I know he was beat up. I know he came back. I, Dalvin Cook's probably out. So I got Atlanta, plus three and a half. I have Arizona, minus two and a half. I think Dallas's defense cannot contain Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, Christian Kirk, and I think Andy Dalton will kind of come down to earth. Everyone thinking that he's going to just take over next, right away with uh, Prescott being out. Uh, I think they'll struggle, and I think Arizona will win that game. It'll be a close game, but I still think they cover the minus two and a half. And then the last one, I have Jacksonville. I'm not forget who they play. Um, I don't have it written down. Jacksonville plus three and a half. Um, so those are my picks. Are, well, you don't even know who you're picking against. You're just picking Lions. random names. They're facing the Lions. Lions, yeah. So yeah. I don't. Jason Sullivan, where are you? Josh Gamble, he's picking against your Lions, even against Jacksonville. I just think Jacksonville puts up points against Detroit. Maybe this thing. Uh, what do you got, Jeff? My three picks, uh, one of them similar to you, Phil, I would say. I see that the uh, Packers are minus two, though, so minus one, minus two. Depends on what site you're looking at. I go off of FanDuel Sportsbook, so we all do something different. Okay. Uh, Packers, uh, I'll go same with you then, minus one uh, over the Bucks. Uh, just, I don't know, big fan of A-Rod. Big pick game, you know, who's going to win, you know? Exactly, and I would say I feel the Packers have too much firepower for the Buccaneers really to control. And coming off a bye. Coming off the bye, Godwin, I would say he's been injured, so we all know the health of him and the weapons for Brady. So, And then after last week's little uh, senior moment that he had, so uh, I'm, of course I'm going with the Packers on the road. Uh, for game two, I am going to go... Uh, where was it? Uh, crap, where was it? Guys, just so everybody listening knows, my, my fantasy and gambling show tomorrow night is much more organized, and the guys I have with me have their shit together. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs my, uh, minus three over the Bills, Yeah. and like then that. and then similar to, I would say we'll get into it, but I'm sorry, I have to go Ravens minus eight over the Eagles, so you can kind of figure where I'm going with the, uh, with the pick today, uh, tonight for the Eagles game. So I'm just going to drop a little bit of fantasy knowledge. Some of the things that we're going to be covering tomorrow night, um, you know, we're going to, we, we talk daily fantasy mostly, uh, but we will dive into the Dak Prescott issues for your fan, for your season-long fantasy, uh, where you're going to go. I had Dak Prescott. I'm trying to make make moves to fix that hole, fill that hole. Um, I'm going to be with somebody on this screen right now. We're just waiting for it to go through and everything. You made. Right, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about whether Andy Dalton's a viable option, and we'll talk about the best stacks for the week, which I know it goes against. Who just picked against the Vikings? Did you, Johnny? I did. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the Vikings are a great stack this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Adam Thielen, and uh, Madison, who's filling in for Dalvin Cook, I think it's a great stack. 
And also, picking against against again, I think Detroit's a great stack this week. It doesn't mean we like them to win the games. It's just they're going to be playing from behind. And I think Stafford Galladay is a huge play this week in Daily Fantasy. So we'll get all that information tomorrow night, 8.30, right here on All, the all About the Bird Networks. Speaking of fantasy, I've won three straight now after you've made fun of me of starting 0-2. And yeah, you, I'm in the last two weeks. and you lost your starting quarterback, and you had no other quarterback. So well, you know, we touch on that for a second. That that's a that's a brutal injury. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. He he played on that franchise tag, couldn't get the deal, and now he ain't getting that big deal now. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's very tough. Brady is losing back to back. Yeah, hundred percent. This ain't the this ain't the Brady in New England. So unfortunately, so worse at this moment, Brady. Or Breeze. I think Breeze does. Breeze. Yeah, Breeze yeah. He's lost without Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But even even without Thomas, his, he, he, Breeze does not have any zip on his ball at all anymore. I mean, he doesn't even look like he's confident when he's throwing the ball. Like, he thinks he's going to – he's checking down a lot. It, it, it's really sad to see. Yeah. All right. So, picks of the game. Jeff. Which I, I obviously know where you're going because you picked yeah, the up. I, I, until until this defense can show me that they can play against uh, t- top offenses, I was saying Lamar Jackson. I feel is gonna have a field day, and I feel the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. I was saying he's gonna design a bunch of different blitz packages and attack our offense. I was saying there's one of the top rushing defenses in the league. I don't expect a big production from Miles Sanders once again. The Eagles traditionally struggle against three, four defenses in their history. So, unfortunately, I'll say this is I feel. I want a competitive game. I, I, if, if, if the, I'll hold my head high for the Eagles if they play competitively. They don't get completely blown out. But I, f- I feel the Ravens pull away a little bit later on. A couple tur- big key turnovers, big stops. Uh, I see the Ravens winning this one 28-17. Something along those lines. Go ahead, Phil. Johnny. I'll go last. No, you go, Johnny. All right. So, you know, looking at, looking at Baltimore's defense – and love the comments, Lawrence. Love, love the comments. I'll be confident after this week when they play our three straight divisional matchups against teams that have combined two wins. So, obviously, that's all I'll start getting my confidence back. But looking at the, the Baltimore's defensive ranks, uh, they rank 15th, giving up 243 passing yards per game, giving up 66.7 completion percentage. Uh, the rush defense is pretty good, 92 yards. It's fifth in the league. Overall, they've given up the sixth most yards, but only 15.2 points per game. And they're like Jeff said, their offense isn't as dynamic as it was last year. You know, fans being back, if Will Parks is back, I think that's going to help the defense. I'm not saying he's a star, but he's going to definitely help the defense. If Alshon's back, Fulgham, Sanders, with the fans, I'm going Eagles 28-27. I'm going to stick with the Eagles. Um, it's going to be a super close game. 28-27, Eagles. I'll go with the Eagles. I may get killed. But I'm going to ride with him. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I wrote two scores down, okay? I wrote an Eagles victory score and an Eagles loss score. I wrote 28-17 Ravens down. But Jeff just made that pick. I dropped it off, and I'm going to go with the Eagles. I said after the 49ers game that they had to win one of the two games against the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah. Carson Wentz has looked better the last two weeks. But I mean, since they have like 28-17 Ravens, I just so you know, it does say it there. You can't really tell, but it does say 28-17. I had that written down. So we're going to flip the switch. We're going to go Eagles. 31-28. Uh, does Alshon 
is a potential play. He practiced uh, a lot with the ones for the part that was open to the media. Uh, Deshaun did not practice much today. So there's a really good chance Alshon's playing this week. So, yeah, Eagles, 31, 28 over the Ravens. I don't know why. I'm not betting the game. I'll stay away from that plus seven or plus eight, whatever. There's no chance I'm betting this game whatsoever. But, yeah. I should probably say 28-17 Ravens also, but we're just going to go Eagles, because why not? I, I, I wish I was as optimistic as you guys. I hope for a victory. I'm not, it's not like I'm going to root against them, but... The fans being in the stadium is also going to make a big difference. Is because fans do not want to be embarrassed. Even 6,000 fans booing will make a difference. Yeah, they're going to be booing them after they freaking caught them in their turnover. Or well, that might motivate him to not turn it over anymore. I'm sorry. If, yeah, the, obviously it's great to have fans there, but I really feel it doesn't play that much of a factor. It's like this, this, this ain't Seattle. This ain't Denver. This ain't like those those huge atmospheres. So I would say, yeah, it's great to have fans, but until our team can play better on the field, that's what that's what needs to improve. Offensively, Carson has played better, but if Lane Johnson's out against this stingy uh, physical defense. I was like, yeah, Fulgham's had great games the last couple weeks, but he, he hasn't gone against corners like uh, Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and these guys. They're going to be physical at the line. They're going to shut a lot of these routes down. So I was like, we have to rely a lot on, on uh, Miles Sanders and a lot of the short passing game that really score some points. So I'm hoping for a victory, but after this week, it's it's, it's basically a cakewalk. The Eagles control their destiny, so remember. Yeah, if they lose, they still control it. Yeah, we're only half game out. We have the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Giants. If we win those next three games, we're right back in the thick of things and control our destinies in the victory. But if we win this week and then win those three games, then where do we stand? Then, then, then people are not talking bad about us anymore. You know, the thing is, talking like... It depends how they win. If, they, if, 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 if the Ravens lose this game, then I don't see us people talking about us. But if we play out and play like we know how we Carson and this team can play, then yes, I think it sort of puts us back on the map. Just like, I forget which, which announcer was talking about today, but he had the audacity to say Andy Dalton still the class of the uh, NFC yeah. in the, in the, as far as the quarter. Cowboys fans think that they're not going to lose a beat with Andy Dalton in there, and that's... Andy Dalton's a good quarterback, and it was a great pickup as a backup. But he's not – he's no all pro ball quarterback Andy, anymore. Andy Dalton, since 2016, is 20 – I hope so, I hope Ertz has a breakup. 20, 20, 35, and 1. So, Andy Dalton's 15 games under 500 since 2016. Yeah. He struggles. He still had town. He still had – AJ Green sometimes. He still had Joe Mixon sometimes. Give him credit. He did lead the crappy Bengals to the playoffs a few times. So you have to give him credit for that. Oh, he's a good quarterback. I always liked him. Yeah, but, but he's not very incompetent, no doubt. But my. Right, we got anything else to say here before we wrap this show up? I have one. Up, I need to get back to work. I have one thing to say, and then I'll. I want to give a couple shout outs, a couple thank yous. I have Travis Fulgham, seven catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown this week. You can write it down. That's what I'm going to go with. But. I want to thank um, Last Out Media. You can follow them at Last Out Media. We stream on their site, lastoutmedianetwork.com, on Fridays, 10 a.m. I want to thank uh, at Heat Ratio Sports, uh, Tony Cotillo and the guys. They do a great job. I want to thank at Athletes Hub. Um, those are all the Twitter, uh, Twitter handles. Um, Athlete Hub, you can check them out. Um, we want to thank all them for your support, everything, uh, you know, just – us three just grinding, just, you know, trying to, you know, give you some Eagles info, give you our takes, everything like that. But 
great team here. Uh, all of us put in so much work. Uh, we all do great things for the brand here. Uh, we appreciate all the comments, everyone listening, um, everyone following us. And, you know, we just thank every single person. Um, but, you know, you can follow us at All About the Birds, at AAT Birds on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our YouTube channel. Um, like, follow, Sunday subscribe. Post like. Sunday post game, right after the game. Um, we will be live to discuss whether it's a win or a loss. Um, bring your comments, bring all your insights, bring your questions. We'll be here like we always are. And the only thing that we always end it with, go birds. Go birds. Get out there.